0: Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host Chris Taylor and we're back this week with a new podcast part two of the travel series. Uh, I am in the outdoors. It's a beautiful day. I thought I'd change things up a little bit and uh, record outside in the backyard uh, in Wiltshire somewhere in a closed area near you Uh, and I am really enjoying the brightness and the Fresh air, and I think it links really well with travel today because you got to think about it. Just like the the whole vibe of travel is a new place, a new environment, a new um, weather conditions that test you and physically make you joyful at the same time. And I am loving the weather at the moment purely because it puts a smile on my face and because I just feel the positive vibes. I know that sounds cliché, but it is. It's just the it brings something to you you know man you can feel it in you and i will talk about that for many many months to come anyway i'm going to increase uh the energy in this podcast a little bit further because i feel like i'm a little bit off uh purely because i don't want to disturb the neighbors and because i don't want to like bring my voice up too, too loud <laughs> um but moving on the subjects today part two of the travel series last time i spoke about travel we were talking about the uh, new zealand part of um, my first trip abroad on my own and it was a a real tester of my ability to be able to survive on my own in a, in a new area and the ability to talk to strangers to be able to converse with people i didn't really talk about that last time i talked about the areas i went to i talked about the things i did but i didn't really talk about how I adjusted and how I just sort of got on with things and and talk to people I didn't know, and that's one of the biggest things about traveling on your own is you have to talk to people, you have to force to be, you know, whenever you hear about travel videos or if you're talking about any sort of area where you're going to try and travel for your first time, you're going to hear that you're going to have to talk to people that you don't know, and it's a scary thing. The unknown is scary. The idea of Talking to people you don't know is always daunting. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. It doesn't matter if you're traveling or not. The key thing here is is to try and take that first step and make it happen. You know, just, just maybe something silly. Bring up something that you know about. One thing that I love doing when I'm traveling, and it's a common theme that seems to get people to talk to me is I'll have a book that may be a little bit either controversial or it'll bring up the topic of the person. Um, one of the books that continuously did that when I was traveling in 2018 was, the no, 2019, sorry, was David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me book. That seemed to either, it didn't matter who it was, it would just bring up, oh, we read reading that, it looks interesting. And it, from there, it just brings something up. That does infer though that you the other person's going to approach you. That doesn't happen very often. I can point that out, is that, you know, it's it's having to start something to start the conversation with. Anything really. And I found it really difficult. I think in my first trip I only made a couple of friends, um, out in the trip and I think that was mainly because I was a little bit shy at the time I wasn't necessarily pushing myself out there I wasn't going all through it wasn't until my next trip in 26, 2016 that um, I would really push myself so even though i'm giving you this advice now i'm telling you that it is really difficult and i don't expect somebody to just go from zero to hero in one day you know i think it's with everything in life you have to have this gradual step to take things forward so even though we're talking about travel i think this is really important in uh, personal person characteristics and and it can even be included in team building for that you know the ability to step into a new team into a new job and you know just adjust and be able to physically just jump into that team and be able to work without even having a you know hitch along the way i like to think i'm a people person i like to whether that's true or not is another question uh and i want to bring the energy i want to bring some something that's my characteristics to the team that's gonna make them think when i'm gone oh damn chris is gone like you know, <laughs> this this whole like area, you're either going to have like, oh, oh, thank God, Chris is gone, or you're going to have, oh, Chris is gone, the energy is, you know, the the conversation, the starter, the ability to bring up topics and get the team rolling or to ad- address top problems. I know I digress and I'm on a tangent a little bit here, but it's really important to be able to understand that these things link and that I know I go on about travel a lot, but in this series, what I'm trying to address here is that it's important for normal life as much as it is in like, and it's also a privileged ability to travel in the first place. Like I talk to people on a regular basis where I'll talk about travel and they'll be like, you know, can't afford that Chris. And uh, it's it's a very difficult topic to come up with because I've been lucky enough, well I say lucky enough, I've worked hard enough to be able to have my, my priority set where travel was at the top. One thing that I don't do a lot, I don't own a car. So that's a big thing. Like by not owning a car, you're not draining your funds on that area. And by doing so, yes, you do limit on what you can, where you can travel locally within when you're at home. And to that, I say, I've probably traveled more in, the travel that I've done than most people do when they're in their car. And most of them, what what people do when they have a car or when they travel in the home, what I call the normal reality, is it's the same trips. No difference. No sort of um what I would call memory building. You know, when you're traveling, you're building memories, you're building stuff that you're gonna refer back to and you're gonna be like, damn, I did that, you know? And so I'm gonna go back a little bit and, and take a step back and say, when I was in New Zealand I wasn't I wasn't memory building with people and as I got a little bit older I think I started to come out of my shell a little bit I was only I was only 19 I need to (laughs) again remind myself that at 19 I shouldn't be too harsh myself uh and you know I look back fondly at that first trip um into New Zealand and the people there were amazing so even though I I didn't push myself out there. The, the taxi driver I took, who took me from uh, from Auckland to Pihā Beach, the people who took me on the um, Lord of the Rings uh, Hobbiton tour, they were lovely. The people who took me from uh, Auckland to wakati Island, all of these, like, tour guide sort of areas, even though you're not the first person to push out there. When I was in New Zealand, I felt like, wow, if everyone's like this, this is just incredible what a country what people what peoples um and it just consistently reminds me of how many amazing people how much energy and how much just good people providing other people with a uh, just an all-round good time and so i say to you even though if you can't find that first step by just doing stuff by going on your adventures and doing stuff that you want to do like i when i talk about my kayaking or when i'm doing my um zip lining that i did from one island to another or if you're doing surfing you're gonna meet people you're gonna do stuff when you adventure you meet people along the bay who who, who have similar interests to you and so that's something i found is that it can be a bit of a struggle for the majority of people that if they're not doing stuff that they love or doing stuff on holiday or, or when they're traveling that they're not like truly interested and you're going to meet people who are interested in that area. They're not going to necessarily be in, you know, they're not going to vibe with you because you're not as fully committed as, as they are. So find stuff that you love when you're traveling. Go do stuff. Don't follow the the roadmap that's set out by people. When you go online and you're doing your searching, and you're like, oh, I really want to go to this place. Find stuff that you're really interested in. And I know it sounds really like straightforward, but I I remember just thinking, well, I got to do this, I got to do that. I remember going to New York in 2016 and just doing some of the standard stuff, you know, go to the Empire State Building, and those standard pieces of tourism might not build you the memories that you're looking for. And so I'm going to get onto that now. So part two of the (laughs) the tour guide, I know, you know, a nine-minute tangent here, but the point being is that when I went, finally went to um, my second trip which was Rome, I, I still felt, and that was in September of 2015. I still felt that I wasn't pushing myself. And Rome to me was a nice little getaway. When I was at work, it wasn't really travel. It was more to, to just break up that period of time. And I didn't stay in a hostel. And I regret that I wish I had at the time because I stayed in an apartment, spent a lot of money on that probably shouldn't have. Uh, and I think that the whole apartment thing isolated me from people and so I went against you know I'm giving you this advice now because I've learned from it afterwards because I stayed in hostels in New Zealand and uh, Australia and I loved it and the people there just provided me with such good memories and I don't know why I stayed I think it was the whole and I'll be honest with you this is something that I've heard people say before I think that when I stayed in the hotel it was because I was thinking of what other people thought and i was like oh stay in a nice little flat and people would like that and you know it will be like oh yeah cool i stayed in this nice little flat in the center of rome and you know i traveled there and i you know i took a nice flight and i had a nice seat and all of those things and i just think nah i've, I've learned from that now not not worth it and even though i went and saw some amazing things in rome and i saw and did all the things i wanted to do and ate some amazing food I didn't really push myself to meet new people. And although I have you know, it was nice to go to Rome. I can say I've been there and I tried to speak Italian as best as I could and the waiters there were lovely and they, they provided me with uh, some practice and I have zero ability to speak Italian now. And my boss at work who is Italian laughed at me the other day for trying. So, <laughs> you know, I need to need to practice a little bit more uh, but it depends, you know, I think I'm more focused on French and German at the moment. and that i've been slacking on on dual lingo side note there anyway moving forward so point from rome was that i went to rome beautiful place and i think it was less memorable because i didn't meet new people and i didn't make new memories by interacting with people who are in the areas that i went to visit and i I isolated myself by being in a hotel and i think that's what a lot of people do they think oh yeah you know hostels they're dirty they're not very nice but i think nah mate experience it go do it you're going to find people your own age there they'll be wanting to do similar things to you and you'll just you'll love it you'll love it really truly believe in this so after my second trip so this was in the same year so in April 2015 I went to Australia and New Zealand and then September went to Rome the following year in the following April I uh, went to uh, Iceland Canada and then New York I say those countries, I, say, I, I saw Reykjavik, I saw Reykjavik, uh, Toronto, and New York. I should say it like that, because I didn't see the countries. I saw very specific areas. And by saying you've, you've seen the country, it's very not, it's not true at all. And this trip was where I did interact with people. I remember in Iceland specifically, there was um, a hostel I stayed at, and I can't remember the hostel's name, but it had this amazing artwork on the inside of it it was wooden it had a beautiful bar on the inside they served an amazing breakfast in the morning that you could pay for and just have and it was it was there and it was a great start to the day I remember specifically reading uh, Darth Plagueis uh, the book for the first time and on that trip and that was um such a a great book to read and I remember I think uh meeting some people a couple of girls from the U.S. um a couple of guys who are from california uh one guy who got drunk for the first time because he was he was turning 21 and i'd turned 20 at the time so i wasn't um so he was legally allowed to drink in iceland because i think it was like 19 you're allowed to drink in iceland and the Americans, as they can't drink until they're 21, get, you know, pretty wasted pretty quickly. So to all my, you know, if, if you're listening from the US, don't take it personally. The Britain does it terribly. We we have a terrible drinking law in where um, there is young alcoholism <laughs> very early on. Uh, but the point being is that, um yeah, I, I met some great people. I interacted with people. I tried to I tried to be myself, you know, I tried to just see see who was nice and it was really, really awesome. And I remember skateboarding through Reykjavik. I got my penny board and I was just skating around um, Reykjavik filming and taking pictures and just thinking, wow, this is absolutely beautiful. It was freezing at the time, I'd like to point out. It was really cold, Uh, but it was like this where the sky was blue and the sun was out and it was just... Um sorry, for those listening and not watching like it's a beautiful sky outside, and I'm sat outside with the uh <laughs> the sky behind me and uh uh the sun coming in well setting just uh beyond the wall there and yeah, I just remember Iceland is extremely fun not only because i ate some new food because i met new people i tried new things one of the crazy things i did was i did scuba diving uh in the freezing cold waters of iceland and i went under um cave caves i can't remember the word for going through caves and, and tunneling through and and getting through these really claustrophobic areas and then coming out the other side and i saw um many like thermal areas i forgot that like I I didn't go to the Blue Lagoon. I heard that was quite a tourist trap when I did go. But for those who did go, you know, give me a shout. Tell me what you think. I I didn't go just purely because I thought it was a tourist trap. But I did do all these other things. And I saw the Aurora Borealis as well. And I went on a tour with other people. And I remember seeing Aurora Borealis. And it was like... One o'clock in the morning, I was absolutely shattered. And I just remember being like, please show me the Aurora Borealis now, please. <laughs> I'm so tired. And I just thinking, I, saw, I finally saw it and I, I took some photos and the photos didn't even come out. I was like so frustrated. But I, I just remember in my mind, I remember seeing it and I was like, I've seen the Aurora Borealis, seen it in my eyes. And those are the memories that stick with you. You know, those photos that you take when you're on holiday, they're great for when you're you know the instant of sharing them on social media but the memories those are what stick with you to the day and they're just there man and they build your character not to sound silly but like they do like they build who you are and they they just they continue to stick with you I mean 2016 was five years ago I get reminders on my phone from google photos about these holidays and I love it and I kicks sort of like a, a lightning bolt through my mind where i'm like wow this is it man this is so cool and i miss it and because of the pandemic you miss it more because you think you because you can't do it the moment we can't travel um legally and you know talking about it now is such a a privilege to be able to provide you guys with some insights like go to Reykjavik Walk on foot. Go explore the area by foot. If there's one piece of advice you take from me right now, it's walk places. Don't take public transport. Don't take, like, walk. Go see for yourself. Because you're going to find that You're going to find stuff that other people aren't going to, and you're going to go to places that um, other tourists won't go to. And maybe there'll be some dodgy areas. Maybe you'll end up like me in an area where in Thailand, when you're like, oh, wow, I should not have stepped down this (laughs) this alleyway and you turn back and you have to go back on yourself, but that's fine. It's all about learning, isn't it? It's all about sort of just finding new places and truly Put yourself out of your comfort zone, just a little bit, even though you're on holiday, even though you're out there. Point being is that Reykjavik was amazing. And from there, I remember making friends in Reykjavik and being like, wow, I can't top this. I can't top this. How's, how am I going to top Reykjavik? I've got you know, uh, Toronto and uh, New York. And I'd like to point out I was only in Reykjavik for a week. So I did all that stuff for a week. And, and then I went on to um, Toronto and I went on to do um axe throwing i went and saw um i think it was hedge sh- not headshot it was this first person shooter film that was made by these two russian youtubers and it was so much hardcore henry click got it hardcore henry was so good i saw it in um, the cinema in in the middle of toronto and i went and saw it in vip and i was like this is crazy um i remember i think it was like 25 dollars for this vip and you've got like champagne and you've got a meal and you got like snacks. And I was like, what is this madness? Like, we don't have this in the UK at all. So, you know, stuff like that, that's individual preferences. But it was mainly the axe throwing that I remember because I met uh, some, some, a couple, i.e., a guy and a girl who are older than me. They were about, I think the guy was in his late, early 40s, around that early 40s, late 30s, really charismatic guy, um, was an actor and just he he was the person who was like, you know, really giving me, chatting with me and stuff like that. And then the girl was lovely as well. She was in his acting class and she was, they made me feel so like comfortable. And the guy running the place for the axe throwing, uh, shout out to him. I can't even remember. I think it was, it's just axe throwing in Toronto. So if you look it up, like the guy it's out, it's not in the center of Toronto, it's out, out on the outskirts. So you have to get a, an Uber or something to get there. And, you know, when you get there, he's so welcoming and he's, he was just one of those guys, you know, where he's got like the beard and the long hair, typical axe for us, for us uh, absolute legend. It reminded me of Viking. So that, you know, you see what I mean? Like by interacting with those people, I can still remember them five years later and you just don't, you never forget, you never forget. And I remember being terrible at axe throwing. I just remember <laughs> You know, thrown as hard as I can at the time, and I wasn't as brawny brawny as I am now. I didn't have any gym experience or anything along those lines, so I just slinging the axes and doing doing my best, <laughs> just doing the best I could. But I just remember the people. You know, the, the, the it's it's funny, isn't it, that you don't you don't ever think about what you're doing or the the things you do. You enjoy them, but it's mainly how you interact with people that create these memories. And that was the funny thing, Toronto and Reykjavik. I remember the you know the memories I've just told you, and and the ones that I really recollect are those. And even though I went and explored Toronto on my own, I went to random bookstores, and I went to cafes, and I went to see you know see the the tower in Toronto and go up to it and see the whole area. I did all those things, but they weren't as memorable as. For instance, like talking with some of the guys in the hostel, having a beer, all those things, they're more memorable in my mind because I'm interacting with people rather than exploring them on my own. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't explore on your own, but I, you know, you, there's only so much you get. You need to have a balance of the both to be able to really create those solid, solid, good, just great memories. And so that was what, when, when I went to New York, I was like, this is crazy. I loved New York. At the time, I was a huge Casey Neistat fan. Still am, just different era. And he was producing his daily bot- vlogs. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. I'm in New York. This is like amazing. The Problem with New York is like, I didn't, again, I didn't interact with people as much in the hostel. I did my, my thing where I went um and went and did loads of stuff on my own and i had a great time i went in to the um the beach near new york i can't remember a lot you have to take the subway all the way from the center of new york out to this beach and i remember going to um <laughs> the, not the bronx the bronx is the northern side what's the other? Uh, it's the um you've got oh it's where captain america's from damn it'll come to me it was uh just a kid from, and it's B, begins with B. I I keep wanting to say Boston. It's not Boston. It's a sub area in... Uh, New York and it will come to me but I remember having great food there great pancakes speaking to some of the locals that was one thing actually that sticks out my mind in New York is that I went to this um, diner within midtown of New York and I just spoke to some of these these two ladies who were clearly from New York from the area they were like what are you doing in here this this cafe isn't for tourists normally we don't see many tourists in here and I was like you know I looked it up online I just saw it I just thought why not you know just go in walk in and yeah some sometimes just talking to people who aren't tourists either is a really good idea because New York is super a super touristy area. So finding these areas that aren't necessarily, you know, vlogged or sort of social media about it's it's difficult, or even movied about for that for that matter. So yeah New York was kind of like a mixture of me going on adventures solo adventures photographing the city and and trying to find really good food which I did It's a city of fantastic food that is endless uh, and you know having dollar pizza and stuff like that it, it sticks with me and there's all of this was all in the space of three weeks you know week in New York, week in Toronto week in. Um, in uh, Reykjavik and it just like one after another, you're just smashing out these areas, building new things. And it felt like a lifetime when you're doing it. you're like there and you're in the moment and you don't take it for granted. You're just like, this is amazing. I'm happy to be here. I'm trying new food, seeing new places, talking to new people. And it's, I do think having a hostel as a base is so good. When you travel, right? I'm not talking about living because I wouldn't live in a hostel permanently because it's so, yeah, it's, it's it's very different. But one thing it does provide you with, it you, you know you've got somewhere safe, number one. You've got somewhere safe to go to at night. That's the main thing. So I would say is that whenever I've done my excursions, I have been very sort of prominent on myself to get back to the hospital um, before, you know, it gets dark. Now, that might sound, Chris, you're being a little bit of a bitch, you know. Fair enough, but I was in foreign areas, right? I was only 20 at the time and I did the same in New Zealand and and Australia. New York, especially, you don't wanna get caught after dark. Like you can explore the city and it may be bumping, like it may be extremely, but there's a, a different side to the city. And I did go out with friends and I did go and see New York, but I was with friends. It's a very different vibe altogether when you're on your own. You can get approached in the day, it's much more likely you get approached at night. And someone with this face, <laughs> that the, the, you, uh, you will get approached. So yeah, there was that trip and it was just, it still resonates with me. That trip, the third trip, the third travel trip on my own was the true right. This is how you do it. This is how you travel. And I just loved every second of that. And I say to you, Find the areas that you're really interested in. As I've said before, find the good food, go explore areas that aren't necessarily known by other people. And then this leads on to a huge gap in my travel career. So basically 2017 was the year I went to university. 2016, 2015, I was on an an advanced apprenticeship with a company. And once I finished that apprenticeship, it was like, right, what do I do? go to university so that I can progress myself, you know, is the right, the mindset. My thoughts when I was going to university was like, I can not have to spend time at university. I can go to different universities and travel and do all this stuff. And, you know, I was in this mindset that I'd be able to avoid having to be in the same place for four years. Um, it's, sadly, that wasn't the case. And I would only get to go on two holidays, that has led up to this very moment now uh, within that area. And that was going to Greece in 2018. I want to say 20, yeah, 2018, 20. And then 2019 was when I went to Thailand, Vietnam, and Cambodia. Now I feel like Cambodia, that, that section is just it was so much fun. It was feels like only yesterday, but it was two years ago, um, this March, which is crazy. And Greece was great, but I went there with the university, so it was a very different vibe. I didn't have control over the itinerary. I didn't have control over what I saw. I do. So even though it was fun and I travelled, it wasn't travelling alone. You know, you know what I mean. So it's like it's a very different area to travel so i've said I, I i can i've been to athens that's great but i was there with somebody who was from athens i was there with somebody who could show me the areas show me where the restaurants are and it's not the same as when you're exploring on your own it's you know a little bit like a cheat code to, to doing what you're doing and so the the, the holiday that i'll i want to end the second half of this podcast with is is the cambodia vietnam trip which is most recent and it changes you this one for me personally it was the one where I was like damn I'm like I was I was 23 when I went so I felt like I was a bit more of an adult not necessarily still a kid compared to most people but still had you know I had a better head on my shoulders as I was a little bit more switched on I was in better shape all of these things they can help overall with your experience and how because if if you're confident, right, if you're confident you talk to people, then people are going to feel more relaxed and they're more likely to approach you. So if you're smiling or if you have like a, you know, permanent grin in your face or, you know, you're just, you know, your shoulders back and your face in the world, you, you, you feel people can approach you. You know, I hope people feel like they can approach me. I, I make it my job to make myself feel a little bit like the guy who people can come to. Point being is when I went to, the first place I went to was Thailand, and Thailand was everything, it was just brilliant, it was such a relaxate. I was only there for a week, again, you can tell this common theme is where I do a week in each country, and it, it never feels like enough, and people have told me that, oh, you need to do more, yes, but, you know, there's only so many holidays you get when you're on a job, and uh, when you work for other people, so, there is that, mm-hmm. but point being was Thai, I thought Bangkok Friends and family had told me, oh, bang, oh it's, just, oh, it's not nice. It's not nice. You won't want to be there for long. I was there for three days. I can I know, four days, set, three days in one go. And then another day, another day when I came on the way back, I love Bangkok. It was a brilliant city. It was everything. You may be thinking, Chris, ah, you went there for all of the wrong reasons. Now, I went there for the right reason. I found some amazing good food. I found some coffee that I've never tasted coffee like that ever again. I went and um, saw, went on boats. I went and saw different parts of the city. I went to gardens. I went and just chilled in different areas. I tried uh, boba tea for the first time. I met some hilarious people in the hostel. I, you know, there was all these things right that came together and Bangkok was the best start I could have had to a holiday. It was like Reykjavik. It was it was like, how am I going to top this? How am I going to top this? I remember playing board games with people. I remember, you know, Bangkok wasn't just the place. It was the people. And I remember being there and walking, just walking through Bangkok, just exploring the area. And I'd, I'd ne- I never went to I was mainly in the old town and I wasn't just there. Uh, for normal travel, I was there because, you know, I, I associate my spirituality with Buddhism and the Golden Buddha just happens to be in Bangkok. And I went and visited it and it was huge, humongous. It's some things you can't comprehend in your in your life. Like I've been I went to the I, I Empire State Building and yeah, it was big. It was great. You know, you get up, at, you get to the top. But because you can't see all of it, it's like in a concrete jungle. The Golden Buddha, you can see all of it. You can walk from one end to the other. And even though it's a touristy area, it's nowhere near touristy you what you're thinking. Like there's probably around, you know, 50 people in the con, but 50 to 100 people because they're minimizing the area, but also because I went during March, which isn't like the peak touristy time. And it was just, I looked at the, the architecture of the surrounding area around the Golden Buddha, it's like nothing I'd ever seen before. You know, I'd never been to Asia before. I'd never truly seen a different, a truly different culture because the countries I've listed off—they let's be honest—they're Western countries. They're not. They're not Eastern. They—they they don't have that sort of level. And I'm yet to go to the African continent. And I'm yet to go to the the middle of America continent or or Latin America. Well, Latin America as a whole, or even. Um, even the sort of like Northern Europe area. So, again, there's still so much more for me to, to travel to, to see. And so, the main thing that I got from there was just the architecture and just exploring on foot. I remember uh, I was confident enough to be out at night in Bangkok. And it's a, again, a different city. I felt a little bit more confident in myself. I was a bigger guy in that. And uh, I felt more confident you know, sure of myself, which I'm glad I was because I got to see a very, you know, a different side where there was lights and there was noise and there was parties and there was people out and about and there was the food trucks and there was the just absolute, just crazy town. I remember getting my first meal there and just like eating, um I think it was like some crickets or something like that. And then eating like a fish off a stick on another occasion. It's a epic crazy hectic town and i recommend it and that wasn't the only thing i did in thailand i went down to the south of thailand and i went to this section and i can't remember for the hell i think it was pho or pha the southern island i can't remember specifically but it was beautiful a- absolutely fantastic beach. All I did was just chill on the beach, went and walked around, saw some of the sights, ate some good food. I was chilling that week. I wasn't doing much. I was t- I took a few photos, but mainly I was there to just relax and and sunbathe. And I don't normally do that, and that was the first time I'd done that in a while. Because I'm normally, as I've described in this, I do stuff when I go on when I travel. I do, and uh, yeah, it was it was just a relaxation time. So there's that. And then I went to Cambodia. Thailand was amazing. Thailand provided me with some great memories. I met some amazing people in the south of Thailand. To this day, I stay in contact with people. I try and, you know, I try to be that guy who just stays connected to the people. I never hold any anything personally if they don't want to stay in contact with me. It's never personal, ever. You detach, gone. People don't want to stay in contact with you. That's fine. You move on. The main thing you want to do is be the guy who people can talk to and people who feel they, uh, they can stay in contact with and be positive with. So in Cambodia, it was a different vibe. I still met people there, but I saw some of the historics behind Cambodia and I was taken aback. I had no idea about the massacre. I had not been educated at all on the communism that had come to Cambodia. It seems to be a common theme within the British education system that we don't see parts of the world that we could have helped potentially. (coughs) Sorry. And so when I saw the Skellingtons and the old sort of military bases and some of the sort of just last memorials of the cambodian civil war it's a reality reality check how privileged we are and the fact that the people there the tour guides i went on a bike tour around um reap um something reap cm reap that's it and the guy was so passionate about his local area. He, he showed us around, and we saw paddy fields, and we saw local areas, and we had we sat down and had a meal in the uh, in this little straw hut, and I was blown away. He was getting paid like nothing, absolutely pittance. I want to say it's within like it was like ten dollars a day or something crazy like that. I couldn't remember, but it was it was it was just below the poverty and he was smiling and he was like yeah i'm gonna do great i'm gonna and i if i ever go back to cambodia i hope to see that person again and shake his hand because there's a level of confidence and a level of surety in that sort of part of the world that you're going to push forward and continue on that i you know i respect beyond belief so Cambodia was a reality check. I met some amazing people. I went from Siem Reap to the other capital city, which I can't remember. So <laughs> being here, um, and I think Siem Reap was the better of the two. It was it was forty degrees by the way when I was in Siem Reap, so I did get sunburnt to death. Uh, it's the worst sunburn I've ever had in my life. I have it on my right shoulder here. Thankfully, it's not cancerous or anything along those lines. But I was stupid. I didn't look after myself when I was out there. So look after your skin, kids. Big up. Um, yeah. And one thing I have missed out in and Reap was I saw I got some I, I got a tour guide to basically take me around all of the um, sort of art, architecture, the old kingdom of Cambodia, where they've got the huge huge temples and they are just you know you guys know i'm i'm a big history fan and as this podcast has <laughs> clearly delved into history i was just like wow maybe i should do a podcast on on cambodia certain things to educate myself as well as everyone else i'm definitely going to try that at some point now but it was i saw the architecture and again it blew my mind as well it's like it was like seeing how did the it was aztec architecture that was in cambodia how does aztec architecture get in the other side of the world of where the aztecs are all the way in latin america to cambodia the other side of the world southeast asia it blew me away man i was like this is like how is this even possible and things like that put you into perspective and this is why traveling like broadens the mind because you got to think to yourself like would i've learned that if i just stayed in the uk hell no you can read as many books as you want you can watch as many youtube videos you can go watch as many movies as you like but i can tell you now you won't ever broaden this and it's just that that specific part of the trip cambodia became a enlightener for my mind as much as as much as a a travel area not to say i didn't have a you know i met some brilliant people when i was on the bike trip i met Uh, I remember swimming on the rooftop of uh, Cambodia and yeah, just an eye opener. So we've spoken about Cambodia, we've spoken about Vietnam and how those two areas, I'm not going into huge depth, I'm trying to keep this podcast in the hour mark and I want to sort of get across to you guys, the I did so much stuff in those areas, I didn't spend a lot of money. This in, that entire trip for Vietnam, Cambodia, and um, Thailand, with flights included, was a £1,000 for th- three weeks. So, I don't know if you consider that expensive. I thought that was a absolute killer deal for what I got to do. So, I'm just giving that now. We'll get on to Vietnam, uh, but yeah, I thought you should understand, like, the pricing as well. I think that's quite... Uh, people, like, sort of wash over that a little bit, and you know, going back to the twenty sixteen sort of area when I was doing Toronto, Reykjavik and and New York, the flights for that were only well, I say only, they were three hundred pounds. And I thought that was pretty good. So keep keep it in mind. And then the trip itself was under five hundred from I'm aware. Not under five well, five hundred plus the flights, I think it was like that. So, you know, Cambodia, Vietnam and uh Thailand really can you can Get your money's worth out there southeast asia they're fantastic it's so good so vietnam was one of the most beautiful places i've ever been to now i only got to see a part of the south south of vietnam and a part of the north of vietnam but the north i felt like i explored more uh, and i think the south When I got there, I was like, this is brilliant. I've seen so many Vietnam films. I wanted to just be like, yeah, I'm in Vietnam. And I saw the history museums and how the Vietnamese see the French in the US. And very much so there's a negative vibe around them and for good reason. And I thought to myself, like, wow, this is a beautiful city, which was uh, the southern where I'm trying to remember the name of the city. And this is always the po- problem with the podcast. I always remember after I finish recording. So I'll pop the name of the city here. And it's, for those listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you you, you need me to remember this city, but the, it is the um, city that was controlled by the US during the war. And it was the South Vietnamese headquarters area. And it's one of the most beautiful cities I've been to there was architecture there was great food I remember having just very just relaxing experience I walked around the city I didn't spend too long there the hostel I stayed in was a little bit like the area is quite night and like fair enough if you like that go for it it's not my sort of vibe but you know uh, I wasn't there for that I stayed there for one night And then I was up up to the north because I'd booked a trip in the north to go on motorbikes around the north where somebody would drive me around and we would be in a group and we were going to see the real Vietnam, the rural area where it's just out there, man. Like there's no electricity. There's barely any electricity. There's barely any water, you know, all of these things. And I got to the north and I explored the northern city. Um, begins with H it's not Havana obviously that's in Cuba Um, but again I'll ping the cities my god post editing Chris is going to be annoyed Uh, again here for those listening I will probably you know post a a mini edit afterwards with the the names of the cities Uh, and the the main thing was was that I met some this was the best part of the trip I remember meeting people there and thinking wow this is absolutely incredible. And we went on bikes. And I think the main thing for me was that the people I met made the trip that much better. If we if you're stuck on bikes for two for three days in the mountains of Vietnam and you think to yourself, like, wow, it could easily be disturbed by having people who you don't get on with. But I'm telling you now, when you get on with it, when you make an effort, and you're taking photographs all the time, and you're eating food, and you're you're together, it's it becomes better because you're there with people. Now I can tell you now, I was nervous about uh, the bikes. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, the roads were narrow, to say the least, and I'm glad I was not driving them. I'm glad I had the the Vietnamese guy drive it. He was an absolute legend, hilarious. He, I will never forget the phrase he said to me. He said, you pee pee in China? And I say, yes, I did. And he said, I'm <laughs> He was such a legend. He was so adamant that we pissed in on the border of China, basically. And uh, pee in China. It was so funny. And that our talk guide um shout out to mick he is an uh, he was an absolute legend and still is to this day and he made that trip and the group did and we saw sites and i paid i paid for it like I, obviously it cost me a little bit more than the usual trips but sometimes when you you see an opportunity you got to take it and you may be nervous and you may see the price going to your credit card and you're like damn i just spent a lot of money going there but i can tell you now i would, you won't have a regret you'll see things and you'll be like wow incredible so although I haven't gone into detail with Vietnam go I'm not gonna try and give you specific places because as we've learned my ability to remember stuff after a certain period of time is is terrible (laughs) but I remember the memories and I remember the people and I remember going there, seeing the mountains, drinking the the coffee that had um, they didn't have milk. So they had to use condensed milk, which was very strange, different vibe to that and the food where they had um, had I remember eating a baguette with like the best sort of meats and flavors in it. It was very different to what I'm used to. And I remember seeing the architecture was a mixture of French and, v- and Asian and American, and it was all over the place. And so you, you see these stick here, and the photos I've got are still on my laptop over here, and they, they're just, you don't look at the photos very often, but you remember the trips, and you remember what you learned from those trips. And they, for me, when I went back to work, I was smiling, it had made me re energize to be back at work and i think that's the one thing we're missing from now is it's all work and no play and that makes you a very dull boy <laughs> you see what i mean like we we talk and we want to have adventures to talk about and we want to have stories to tell around campfires and to be human and being human means seeing new places broadening the mind and enjoying life so Let's end it on a positive note there. I love that. I really do. And I hope you got something from this trip. Maybe if uh, if I go into more detail, I'll chuck in some places to visit for, for the areas that I have doing a, a separate podcast and we'll do it for part three. But for now, I've given you like more of a, you know, a memories and an importance of connection and putting yourself out there and broadening the mind. So end ended that. This has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you here next week. Bye now.